All right. Glad you're here with us during the summertime. We encourage you to keep coming at Oakwood. I know a lot of you take off and go to cabins and get the boats and everything, but we love you to be here. So 10 o'clock during the summer, we'd love for you to come and make Oakwood part of your uh, regular weekly habits. And and we know during the summertime is when you are gone. And so if you want to watch, we've been working hard. Our live stream for the last three weeks in a row, the live stream just didn't work. It just didn't work. And so people couldn't watch live, but you can always go back and watch the message later. But if you're wanting to watch it on vacation at 10 o'clock on Sunday, we're working really hard to make sure the live stream happens. So we ran a test Thursday. It worked fine so far today. It's fine. Okay. And the the component is when Ben's here, it works. So that's what we're saying. When he's gone, it just doesn't work. So I used to travel and speak when I was a missionary. Uh, that's what I do. I travel and speak on weekends. And Julie would say, every time I left, something broke in the house. You know, the, the, the furnace wouldn't work or there was a leak in a pipe. So that's just what happens. We get by, right? We're a family. Oakwood's a family. We never claim to be perfect. We never claim to be squeaky clean or, or neat or, or whatever, polished. Uh, we're a great family at Oakwood, but we're a mess. Amen. We're a mess. I was just telling some people yesterday in, in the office that uh, Lance Red is kind of looking at our website to make some updates. The biggest update we've got to get is the uh, mobile. People use it mobile, right? And, and the website doesn't look the same on the phone that it does on a computer. And one of the first things I noticed, you can click on Sunday's message, but on the phone it says Sunday's mess. <laughs> and we, we thought... Yeah, that's about right. You know, that's awkward. You know, hey, come watch Sunday's mess. We're just, we're just a great family. We are. We're a great family. All families are messy. We're glad you're here this morning. Let's pray and get into the word this morning. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. Would you pray this prayer? God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to to listen. And God, I pray that you would be glorified. I pray that everyone hearing this message would be edified. I pray that Satan would be horrified. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Gifted, a study on the spiritual gifts. Some of you are kind of like waiting, like, when's he going to talk about speaking in tongues? I want to hear that one, right? Uh, we'll get there. We'll be talking about all the gifts and all the manifestations of the Spirit that the Bible tells us. Uh, but our theme verse is on that slide, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2. Let me read it again. If I speak in the tongues or the languages of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have to get the prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And so last week we urged you to think of the spiritual gifts as what God gives all of his children. If you're a believer and you've, you've asked God to forgive you of your sin and come into your life as Savior of the Lord, the Holy Spirit has gifted you with a spiritual gift to serve in the body, right? And then we're going to talk more about that today. But that gift needs to be viewed as a tool, a tool that God uses to make the church effective, to make you as a believer effective. It's a tool. Everybody say tool. It's not a toy. Spiritual gifts aren't toys. You can't go, ooh, 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 I want this one. I want this one. We're talking about spiritual gifts. Let me grab this one. No, no, you don't get to pick. You're given a gift. And it's not as mysterious as you might think. 
Uh, you can play this game if you want over the next couple of weeks. We will take an assessment so that you can have some idea what comes up as your main giftedness. But before then, you know what you need to do? Just ask somebody. Ask a husband or wife. You got a husband or wife, say, what do you think my spiritual gifts are? They're gonna throw them off. They will. Because it's pretty obvious, really, what our spiritual gifts are. I love you, mercy showers. Those of you who show mercy, I love you. You know, you're the ones that are already gonna come up to me after and say, hey, you know, it's not a mess. It's not a mess. We love you. It's great. We love Oakwood. But we were were talking to... uh, 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 in the back, uh, remember we were in my office talking about the website and you were thanking us for our website and our live stream. Yeah, you were talking about, man, thank you so much for your website. It's awesome. And thank you for the, the videos that go out. And we're like, really? Really? Mercy showers are wonderful. It's not a toy that you don't get to go shopping for. It's not a trophy that you hold up in the air like I'm better than everybody else. It's a tool. Everybody say tool. I had this happen a couple weeks ago. The men of the church came over for a grill and chill at, at, at my house. I had like 45 men at my house. That's a dangerous thing. I had started a project in the back to take down a fence. I had a, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that grew up near Chicago. I'm not, I'm not a farmer. Jim Spezia helps as best he can, but I'm not. Ed Mao is wonderful. He's got a green thumb. But I thought I'd build a garden and grow all sorts of vegetables. And so I put up a fence. I put wooden post in the ground and put the metal it's a beautiful fence Jim Spezia came over when I first did it and he's like what's that for I'm like well I'm keeping out the deer and the rabbits and he's like oh sweet sweet child (laughs) he said the deer can just pop over that fence I'm like no they can't it's like that high he goes just just watch so I'm watching one night a little fawn comes out comes stand right next to the fence like squares up to it and just goes Hops in. I'm in my house watching bunnies just snacking on all our stuff. You know what the only thing that that fence kept out? My mower. That's all that it kept out. So I had to go in a weed. So I finally, I'm taking it down. Took down all the metal and then I tried to take out the post. Because I'm a city boy, I put those posts like three foot down in the ground. And apparently, I added cement. I don't know why. I, I think that's because you're supposed to, right? And so I could not get these posts out. I tried and so now I've got 45 guys in my backyard and, and they're like, what, what, what you doing back there? I think, well, I can't get these posts out. <laughs> so, you know you're in trouble when men start pulling up on their pants. <laughs> so we all walked back there and we're standing there with some men and, and Jim Spezia, of course, is there. He's like, he's got the farmer wisdom. And, and he's like, what did you do? I said, well, I tried to pull it out with my truck and I had a rope and every time I pulled it, broke the rope and it just, and he's like, you know what? Go get your tow chain. I said, I, I don't have a tow chain. <laughs> and there's that moment with all these men around where you have to admit you don't own a tow chain. And Jim's like, I got two in my truck. <laughs> so he came with his tow chain, hooked it upright, and started popping these things out of the ground. They were kind. The men were kind. They're, they left two. They left two in the ground like, okay, you got those. I'm like, I got it. Two days later, Jim came to me. Get those posts out. I can't do it. I tried. I tried. I can't do it. I don't have a toe chain. Jim came over and popped the last two out. It's embarrassing. Fathers, you know it's embarrassing when you don't have the tools and other men have the tools, right? Matter of fact, I told my wife, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I said, I don't care what you get me for Father's Day, but I really want a toe chain. 
I don't even know what I'm going to do with it, but I hope I get one for Father's Day. If I don't, I'm going to go buy my own. But I need a tow chain. Tools. Everybody say tools. God gave us tools, not toys to play with, not a trophy to, to make ourselves look like we won something. No, it's God's gifts. He gives as he chooses to help the church. So spiritual gifts, from where, for what? That's what we're going to talk about today. Last week we were in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 3. Today we're just going to cover 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 4, or 12, 4 through 7. Let's read the passage. There are Bibles underneath the seats. Use a gadget, uh, whatever you can. And by the way, take notes today. Um, if you don't have notes, paper notes, I want you to go get paper notes because we thought we were going to have this service outside. We had a terrible week this week. Lightning hit the church or whatever and blew up stuff. And we, we were sure we were going to have uh, service outside. So I made notes so that that's what you would have. No PowerPoint, no nothing. And then things came back on and we're here. So don't waste the paper. Use the paper notes back there. It's got good stuff in it this week. Here it is, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Here's what we need to talk about this morning. Giftedness is not key evidence of your spirituality. You can't look at the gifts list and say, well, I'm very spiritual because I've got the gift of prophecy. I preach. I'm a pre-. No, that doesn't make you any more spiritual. Well, I have the gift of, of uh, uh, caring and, 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 and you know, um, mercy, and, and that's really God's heart, right? That's God's heart. So I'm the, I'm the best of all these other people. I don't know what they're doing, but this is my gift. And we tend to get a little arrogant about gifts sometimes, thinking that that equates to our spirituality. No, not at all. Let's read 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you? Whom you receive from God. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. So, speak in tongues. That's not what it says. You've been bought with a price. So, preach wherever you go. That's not what it says. You've been bought with a price. So, show mercy. So, everybody knows how merciful you are. No, that's not what the Bible says. You've been bought with a price. So, Glorify God in your body. Honor God with your bodies. There's a couple of key things here. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 talks about true spirituality and it's not shown in the giftedness. It's, it's shown by how you live your life. There can be gifts without graces, the great preacher John Owen said. So you can be gifted spiritually and misuse those gifts if it's not done in love, our theme verse for this series. If not done in love and for the benefit of the church and, and for, for God to win the world, then it, it can be gifts without graces. All of the gifts must be administered with grace. Love, love. Everybody say love. love. Tools for love is what the gifts are. And then this is a quote from the great J.I. Packer. He said, the manifestation of the Spirit in charismatic performance is not the same thing as the fruit of the Spirit in Christ-like character. Oh, I love the old preachers that said things so well. The fruit of the Spirit lived out in your life. That is evidence of your spirituality. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Are those things being played out? Don't, don't look for the showy things. That's what I've been saying for the last two weeks. Serve, serve out of love and serve humbly. Trust God that he has given us all the gifts spread out in a gifts mix for his church so that the church can be effective. But be careful not to equate spiritual giftedness with spirituality. So in this passage, who gives the spiritual gifts? Verses four through six reveal who does spiritual gift come from? And it's interesting, it's a Trinitarian formula. It's, it's, it's very clear showing us the Trinity. It says there are different gifts, but the same spirit. Everybody say spirit. The Bible says there are different service, but the same Lord. Everybody say Lord. Different working, but the same God. Everybody say God. So it's very clear in Scripture. The Bible tells us spiritual gifts are from above. God gives what James something says, 110 or something says, all good gifts come from the Heavenly Father up above, right? God gives the spiritual gifts, and we see the whole Trinity involved here. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, gifting the believer. So who gives the gift? God gives spiritual gifts, God gives spiritual gifts. You'll see that throughout the whole passage in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians and in J, everywhere where it talks about spiritual gifts, we are let known that it is God who gives the gifts. It's for serving him, right? We can't pick and choose. It's for spreading it out. We, I, I am sure in this room, there are so many people with different spiritual giftedness and we need all of you. There is no minor gift there are no major gifts. All the gifts must be used in order for the church to be balanced in ministry. I mean, at the bottom line, we need you. We need you. I mean, not everybody can be PD. Everybody say amen. I know who I am. And that's the beautiful thing about getting old. You know, the older you get, the more comfortable you are in your skin. I just, I know who I am. I am hyper I drink a lot of coffee, I'm loud, and I'm fast, and that's me. If everybody was like that, we would just be crashing into each other around the building, button heads and knocking each other down, right? Oh, I, I was actually, I was, my former church, we had a, a, a children's event night where every week we would gather, and we were in our gymnasium, and we're shooting hoops, and I'm playing with the kids, and I'm running around. I go for a ball, and I run into something. An 80-year-old woman had wandered on the court. I knocked her down and broke her hip. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just, that's not good. You know, I'm like, nuts, but that's me. I'm always, I'm in hyper mode. I'm in go mode. And it, I am not the model. What I'm trying to tell you is just because that's who I am and God made me and my personality and then gifted me with the gift of prophecy to preach, to proclaim his truth, that's who I am. But we need other people to do other things in the body. You know, I, I, I pray Oakwood doesn't, doesn't be a church that, why isn't the pastor doing that? Why isn't the pastor doing it? You know why? Because there are some things I should not do because I'm not good at it. I need you. I need you. I don't even have a chain. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, why would, why would we want you to do everything? You don't even own a chain. We got people with chains around here. I mean, it's, it's amazing the blend we have. And you know what? I'd say that because you need to be reminded and take us back to Scripture. It's because of God. I'm so thankful because I'm not an administratively gifted person. That's not my strength. 
So I'm thankful that God distributes the gift. Wouldn't it be awful if he said, okay, each church is going to get the gifts. The pastor needs to figure out who gets what. Oh, man, I'm going to be at the whiteboard forever trying to figure it out. No, God says, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a Gina Chestnut. Boy, you're going to love her. She's great. I'm going to give you a Brian Mikesell and, and a Jim Bongiorno. You're going to need an Italian. You're going to, we're, and, you're, we're going to, and he's going to, and he's going to give us a Jan Porter. God is so good. And the pastor doesn't have to organize that. Thank you, God. So here's what we need to be aware of though. Who gives the gift? God gives the gifts. Who gets the spiritual gifts? Everyone. Let's look back at our passage, all believers, by the way, in verse six, but in all of them and in everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone. Verse seven, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit, everybody say each one. So it's clear in this passage, God gives the gifts, but he gives them to all his children, everyone. You're not left out today. If you're a believer, you've not been left out. Maybe you don't know what your gift is. You need to do some thinking and praying and looking and and determine, okay, these are my strength areas. And then put those areas into service. But I want us to avoid two common pitfalls. Two common pitfalls. Elitism. God's gifts, he gifts a few outstanding people. That's elitism. That isn't the truth. God doesn't just gift the outstanding people. God doesn't just give gifts to those flashy people that like to be up front. No, God gives gifts. He distributes them beautifully and there shouldn't be any elitism. I'm not on a better spiritual plane than you. Matter of fact, don't, you should not want to be me. The Bible even says don't desire that. Why? Because there are some things in scripture that scare me to death. Talks about, I better be careful not to lead my children away, God's children away. It'd be better for a millstone to be tied around my neck and thrown into the sea. How would you like that for your gift of warning? I don't see the mercy showers being warned like that. You better show mercy or I'm going to tie an anchor around your... Hey, no, there are some gifts that we kind of equate with. That's the upper echelon. No. In the body of Christ, there is no upper echelon. I am your servant. I am to serve you. I am your shepherd. I do lead, but I lead to, for your growth and so that you can be effective in your giftedness. It's a beautiful thing. We gotta avoid, avoid elitism. Our culture is just so used to MVPs. Why do we have to do that? We, had to, we gotta pick an MVP, right? Gotta, who's the most improved player? Who's the most this? Most, most, most. And everybody goes, I wanna be most, I wanna be most. I, I wanna just be honest with me. If you're gonna lie in church, you're in trouble. How many of you are overachievers? Just raise your hand. Come on. All right, not, you're not really good overachievers. There's only one like, that was me. And that's a true overachiever. They want to make sure everybody saw that first. We've got overachievers. And they're going to be, you're going to be thinking about these gifts and maybe put them in the wrong context. Uh, it's graduation time. And, and, and we've got all sorts of honors when it comes to graduation. They've got ropes and different things people are wearing. Why? Because we'd like to show who's the elite. Right? We've got merit rolls. We've got honor rolls. We've got sausage rolls. We've got all sorts of, there's, there's all sorts of different values, right? You've heard me, this is my favorite joke, my wife hates it, but you know, some people graduate cum laude. Some people graduate summa cum laude. I graduated tank to laude. <laughs> That's, we, we, but we like, we like all the status and we like all the, the hype, but these verses are very clear. God gives the gifts 
all believers get spiritual gifts and we must avoid elitism. We must avoid defeatism. There's nothing I can do that's worthwhile. I can't contribute anything. That's wrong. That's wrong thinking. You need to be called out. If you're not serving in your giftedness, you're not doing what God called for you to do to help his church. We need you. We, we, we need you. Don't run around being defeated. You know, it's awful. Some, some of you, there's probably people in the church today that are gonna go home and say, why does that PD play his guitar? He's a hack. He's not good at playing guitar. I wish he wouldn't do that. And I wish he'd, and, and, and then you go home and eat lunch and then you sit in your basement and you play your guitar beautifully. Shame on you. Your gift is not meant to be utilized in your basement for you alone. <laughs> if God is gifted, you share your gifts. And, and don't judge those that are using their gifts based on your gift. Use your gift. We gotta avoid elitism. We gotta avoid defeatism. Every Christian gets spiritual gifts. And the third thing, why are spiritual gifts given? Let's look back at verse seven. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. Paul makes it very clear that gifts are not for you to shine as a star, but gifts are given to all believers to share for the common good, serve for the common good. The word there actually is sumpharon, which means to benefit, be profitable, be useful. Be useful. Now, it, it kind of makes me shudder a little bit. I'm not a very good administrator, and I feel like part of the church's responsibility is that we recognize giftedness and help you get, and that's on us. We as a church at Oakwood, we want to be a church where you can utilize your spiritual giftedness, but we need to meet halfway. We need to meet halfway. We don't have a, a, a fantastic administrator over these things, and so you need to be seeking out how can I serve? What is my gift? Am I, ask your wife, ask your husband, ask your children, ask somebody at work, what, what, what do you see about me? What's the, the thing about me? Serve for the common good in your giftedness. How does this play out? I think she's, yeah. It's a good thing we only have one service. Don't tell her I said this, although she's probably gonna watch this. Jan Porter. How many of you know who Jan Porter is? Oh, look at that. I'm not surprised. What do you think Jan's spiritual giftedness is? Anybody? What? What other things do you... Encouragement and mercy. I just want to do this today. Just be honest. How many of you have received a card in the mail from Jan Porter? Raise your hand. Look around. Look around. Keep your hands up for a second. How much do stamps cost? Fifty-three. We got hundreds of dollars going out because Jan Porter, she has the gift of encouragement and mercy. And you know what she does? She sits at home. She's got a walker. You know, she doesn't. She's not out running marathons or anything. She's sitting at home a lot. And you know what she does? She sits down and writes cards, handwritten cards. I get a birthday card. We get an anniversary card. If you've been sick and she knows about it. You're going to get a card. All God's people get cards, right? Jan is on it because she has the gift of encouragement. She has the gift of showing mercy. She has the gift of serving. Why am I saying this all about Jan? Number one, it was her birthday last week. Here's what, 
assignment one today. All y'all need to send her a birthday card. Send Jan a birthday card. Everybody in this room, go home, get a card, fill it out, send it in the mail. Why? Jan is an encourager and a mercy shower, and if she sends all those cards, you know it will speak to her soul. Have you read the five love languages? It's about your love language. She, she is acts of kindness. Boy, if we flood her with birthday cards, she's gonna, it's gonna fill her love tank. And oh, I can't just, I get real excited to think about people serving in their giftedness and their love tanks are full. What a great combination. So do that. All y'all send Jan a birthday. I wonder how many she'll get. If she gets 10, I'm gonna be discouraged. If she gets 20, I'm gonna be upset. If she only gets 30, I'm gonna be disappointed. Y'all send Jan a birthday card. I mean it. Now, secondly, some of y'all are sitting there and you got the gift of giving. And while I was talking, you were already thinking. You're not good at sending cards, but you're already ready to go to post office and buy a, 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 a thing of stamps, aren't you? Where's my people with the gift of giving? Anybody? You don't want to show because you don't want to get called, right? You know, if you got the gift of giving, send Jan a birthday card with some stamps in it, right? That's what... This is how I'm trying to just give you simple illustrations about giftedness. So if you have the gift of encouragement and mercy, send people cards, right? If you have the gift of giving, send somebody who sends cards stamps so they don't have to buy them. Go to, go to the store and buy a stack of cards and give them to Jan and say, Jan, I know you love sending cards. Here's some cards. Keep her loaded, people that have the gift of giving. If you have the gift of preaching, stand up and talk about Jan Porter. Did you see what I did there? You see what I did there? All the gifts. All the gifts are used for the common good to build up. We gotta be using our gifts and our giftedness in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It's such a great verse. Let me read it one more time. Each, everybody say each. Each of you should use whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever gift you have received to serve others. Everybody say others. Isn't this great? One verse, and it's so clear. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So I didn't put this on the list anywhere, but there in Romans 12, 6, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. Gifts, different gifts. Recapping, who gives the gifts? Everybody say God. Who gets the gifts? Everybody say everybody. And what are the gifts for? Everybody say good. They're for the common good, to serve, not to be seen, not to be patted on the back. That would be a lack of love. But to serve out of love, use your giftedness. So four, the big one we've been waiting for. Oh, serve for the common good. Last one, four. What are the spiritual gifts? Here we go, you ready? Come back next week because I'm, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. I'm gonna end right here. It's Father's Day. We're gonna get out early today. And uh, uh, you were just hoping. You're just waiting for Pastor to talk about those sign gifts. We're gonna, we're gonna get there. Uh, the manifestation of the Spirit. We're gonna talk about that in believers' lives. We're gonna try to help you put things into context. And then uh, after we spend a week, maybe two weeks, going through what are the spiritual gifts according to the scriptures, uh, then we'll have a, an opportunity for you to do a gift assessment test where you yourself can take it 
and it'll help you determine maybe where your giftedness is. Are we okay with that? You disappointed that I didn't go to the weird stuff? Okay, you'll get over it. Conclusion, God's gifts are given to God's children so that God's world might be drawn to God's son. That was good. That was good. Sometimes you craft things in your office and you're like, that, that, that's, that's good. You're probably sitting there thinking, you could have said that and we'd gone home or even earlier, right? Let me say it again. Actually, just let's all stand and read it together. Well, it's going to read it right off the board. We're going to read it together today. Ready? God's gifts are given to God's children so that God's world might be drawn to God's son. So when we talk about gifts, don't forget the gifts are meant to serve and hopefully be effective so that people might come to know Christ and grow in a relationship with Christ. That's the bottom line. You may be seated. Thank you. I'm going to ask Pastor Ben, and if Kylie wants to come, that's fine too. And Noah and Moses, whoever else can come. Go ahead. Good morning. I want to put PD at ease this morning because I too do not have a toe chain. I don't know if it's a pastor thing or if it's just, I didn't grow up in a city, so I couldn't tell you. We, we have two updates for you guys as a church that concern our family and uh, you guys as well. Uh, first, we just want to say thank you for praying for Noah over the last several weeks. Uh, he is back to breathing normally. The doctors have given him a all-clear, 100% good-to-go uh, clearance. Uh, so thank you for your prayers in that matter. Yeah, amen. We are awaiting an allergist who's going to be giving us hopefully some more answers about why he's having asthma flare-ups and those kinds of things. Uh, but I just wanted to make sure I said thank you for that. Uh, number two, and I promised I wouldn't cry, but I might cry. Um, Kylie and I wanted to bring you in on what we've been thinking about, praying about, and dreaming about over the last six months. Uh, we've been feeling God start to pull on our heart a little bit and try to... Um, move us in a direction. And over the last six months or so, we've been praying about exactly what that is. Uh, so for the last six months, we've been praying, we've been uh, asking those around us what they think, we've been trying to get input from others, and what we really landed on is that we are being called towards the direction of planting a church. So what we are moving towards now is over the last few months, we've been connected with a church uh, who is in the general area of where we are considering planting, uh, and they have uh, offered to bring us on as an associate pastor over the next several years as we continue this conversation about what it would look like for us to plant uh, and follow God's calling in that way. So what that means very practically uh, is that over the next couple of weeks, we are going to be stepping out of our role here as youth pastor uh, and youth pastor's wife, um, beautiful youth pastor's wife, mm -hmm. Good. Here, Good yeah, yeah. here at Oakwood um, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, next week, I know that we are planning to do a get-together uh, for students and leaders as well as the whole church body so that we have a chance to sit down and say goodbye and just, um, you know, just thank you guys for what you've been and what you mean to us and uh, the, the relationships that we've built over the last four and a half years. But we do have a couple people we want to say thank you to uh, as we transition out, and we want to make sure that you as a church are aware of those people. So number one uh, is just PD. Um, I know that you guys know this, but PD has been an amazing leader for me and Kylie over these last four and a half years, uh, and I absolutely could not have been here uh, without him. So thank you, PD. Second, yeah. yeah. 
Second, we just want to thank the elder team here at Oakwood. Uh, the leadership here is all about youth ministry. Uh, in fact, there were times where they were saying, Ben, why don't you do more with the kids? You need to be doing more. And they have a heart to see the kids and the students reached here at Oakwood. So I just want to say thank you uh, to the elder team for making that a priority here at Oakwood. And then last but certainly not least, we just want to thank the students who have been invested here with us at Oakwood uh, over the last four and a half years. We want to thank the servants who have made our ministry possible. Uh, I was doing the math in my head, and I think we've had somewhere between 25 and 35 different adults here at Oakwood be a part of our ministry over the last four and a half years. Uh, And we want to say thank you to them as well. Yeah. So very practically, we would just ask over these next couple of weeks and really over the next few years, if you would just remember to pray for us. Uh, remember just to pray that uh, if it's God's will, that he would continue to open doors uh, in the direction that he might have for us. Amen. Amen. Yep. We'd like to pray for them. We as a church want to support that. God, we don't tell God what to do and when he does it. I've had conversations with him in the past when people have moved on to a different state, but it is God who chooses to do what he does with his people. It's kind of like the message today. He gives the gifts and he distributes them. And now he's distributing Pastor Ben, Kylie, Noah, and Moses to another town closer to that U of M I hear. It's going to fit really well for him, right? Isn't it neat how God does that? Closer to moms and dads and closer to the U of M. And so excited for the potential that they have coming. And we need to be excited about that too. So let me reiterate what we're doing. Uh, ben starts there at that church on July 1st. And so we only have him one more Sunday. So next Sunday in the evening, here's what I'd like to ask you to do. I'd like to ask for our church people to stay away at 6 At six is just for the students. I want the students to be able to come Sunday night, a week from today, six o'clock, just the students to be with Ben and Kylie, their leaders and stuff that too, but um, for the first hour. And then then we're going to invite everybody. At 7 o'clock, we're inviting the whole church to come. We'll have some food. I think we decided to just go with pizza because it's a youth night, right? We're just going to go with pizza. And we'll have some pizza and some uh, bottled water. And it's just a, kind of an open house for you to come by and say goodbye uh, to Pastor Ben and Kylie. So 7 o'clock. Everybody say 7. Students, you got him from 6, okay? 6 p.m. to 7, just teens, and then seven, the rest of the church. That morning, in the morning service, we are doing the recognition of the seniors. So seniors, please respond to our emails. Let Melissa know that you're participating. We're going to have all these cake, sheet cakes, and I'm sure they'll be left over for that night too. So we're going to have cake and pizza. Life is good. It's going to be a great day. So that's what's happening next Sunday. And, and the elder board has kind of told Ben, you know what? There's a lot that you need to do in a short period of time. We want to free him up. He probably won't be around the office very much during the week, uh, just packing up his stuff here and getting organized and out so that they can work on the, the house, getting it ready to sell. There's a lot to be done. So we wanted to free him up and let him get prepared, him and Kylie, to work together on that. That's what you need to be praying for. And then you want to get cards and things, do that and be here 7 p.m. next Sunday. We all good? All right, let's stand together and pray. Let's stand together and just pray. Let's pray for them and with them in the excitement of the ministry to come. Father, we thank you for your servants. Father, for the time we had your servants, we're grateful. We pray a blessing over them 
as they go now and Ben gets to take a next step toward what he believes you're calling him to. And God, I pray that he would be able to learn there and then jump into this. God, that you would direct the timing. God, help them as they try to find a place to live in this tough time, uh, buying homes, help them to sell their home easily here. God, we just pray for all the things, the packing and the saying goodbyes. We just thank you. I know that the students love him and I know that um, that's hard for them. We pray a blessing over the kids today as well. So God, we ask that you do uh, all these things in it and through us, God, and that next Sunday we can enjoy just some time talking with Kylie and Ben, uh, thanking them and praying them off to their future. We pray that blessing in Jesus' name, amen. That is going to be it for the day. So God bless, go in peace. Happy Father's Day.